Welcome to the eighth episode of the Four Out One In podcast with your host, George Hamilton III. It's another episode where it's just going to be me recapping the first two games of the Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals. Uh, Carlos is doing some family stuff. As I said, he just got back from Washington from school. So I'm allowing him to spend a little time with his family while I'll cover the Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals. Hopefully he'll be back sometime in between uh, games three and four to come back on to the podcast or probably, but for sure he'll be on by finals time, by the NBA finals. Anyways, I'll cover uh, games one and two for both series. I mean, if we're being honest, both games were sort of blowouts in each series, but uh, I'll cover them. And we'll start off with the Eastern Conference Finals, where in game one, the Miami Heat beat Boston, the Boston Celtics 118 to 107. And for the Heat, Jimmy Butler was 12 of 19 from the field and had. 41 points and nine rebounds and five assists to go along uh, from to go along with shooting seven of 17 of 18 from the free throw line. And it was basically him carrying the team. Uh, Gabe Vincent added 17 points on five of 10 shooting and three of seven from three. And as for the Celtics, Jason Tatum shot 10 of 21 from the field and two of nine from three. And had 29 points and eight rebounds to go along with six assists. And Jalen Brown shot seven of 17 and and four of eight from three and had 24 points to go along with 10 rebounds. And oh, and I'll add Peyton Pritchard. Robert Williams had shot six of eight from the field and six of seven from the free throw line and added 18 points and nine rebounds. And Peyton Pritchard. Shot six of 16 from the field and four eleven from three and added 16 points as well. If you see me looking down, I'm looking at my tablet to go along with to look at the stats and box scores and all of that, because this pod is just this episode is just me rambling. Well, not rambling, but giving my thoughts on both games, because as I said, all the games in both series have been blowouts. But in the first game, I mean. Tatum came out, the Celtics, I should say, the Celtics came out and were firing on all cylinders. Tatum in the first half had 20, I want to say 24 or 21, if I'm not mistaken, 21. Yeah, Tatum in the first half had 21. And literally, as I said, I think the reason, as I tweeted on Twitter, the reason I think why the Heat came out flat in that first half was because they had not played in over, I think, like five days since they beat Philadelphia. What was that? I think like Thursday or Friday, something like that. They hadn't played in five days while the Celtics were fresh. were coming fresh off a game seven win versus Milwaukee. So they were arguably the the more. What's for lack of a better term. They were more. I don't want to say prepared, but they were sort of ready in the first half for what Miami might throw at them. But in the second half, especially the third quarter, uh, I think the fatigue started to set in for the Celtics from that game seven win versus Milwaukee. As in the third quarter, Jason Tatum only scored five points. 
and he had six turnovers in which the Heat did a very good job of sort of trapping Jason Tatum and making him and forcing him to give up the ball. Uh, there were times where he kind of just threw a bad pass or was lackadaisical with his handle and got and Jimmy Butler and I want to say PJ Tucker were on the on the other side of getting a few steals. Uh, Jimmy Butler in the third quarter as well. Forgot to men- I forgot to mention PJ Tucker kind of went out in the first half. I think it was like the first or second quarter with the I think a knee injury. And he came back for the third and him coming back in the third sort of propelled and kind of jump started the Heat's defense in the third quarter. They uh for lack of a better term, the Celtics they went away from what got them from what they were doing in the third quarter. They were sort of trying to get mismatches as most teams in the NBA normally do. But instead of attacking like a weaker defender, they would set a screen and get Bam as the defender on Jason Tatum, which Bam is arguably a great defense, not arguably, he is a great defender, but that's not the switch Jason Tatum, you would want Jason Tatum to have if he's trying to get to the basket. And on, as I said, on a few of Jason Tatum's turnovers, he would drive and Bam would stick with him stride for stride all the way to the paint. And then the help defender would either the help defender would close in and just rip Jason Tatum. And as I said, the third quarter was literally the end of the that was basically the game wrapped up in the hole, wrapped up in a in a summary as the Heat won the third quarter 39 to 14 after the game at halftime was, let me see, 62 to 54. So that third quarter run by the the Heat literally gave them the win of game one, gave them the win. As for game two, as I said, I'm going off of my tablet. So give me a second. As for game two, Boston, the Celtics won 127 to 102 in a game that wasn't even close from start to finish. The, let me bring up the box score. Jason Tatum had 27 points and five rebounds and five assists, shooting eight of 13 from the field and four of six from three. Jalen Brown had not shot nine of 17 and four of seven from three and had 24 points and eight rebounds. And the Marcus Smart, who I forgot to mention, didn't play in the first game, shot eight of 22 from the field and five of 12 from three, but he added 24 points, 12 assists and nine rebounds, almost a triple double for Marcus Smart in his return to the series. And Grant Williams, after shooting poorly or not really having much momentum in the first game shot five of seven from th- from the field and two of two from three and added 19 points as for the heat it was jimmy butler as i said carrying the load again shooting 11 of 18 from the field and one of three from three to have to go along with 29 points and six rebounds and the second leading score for the heat was gabe vincent shooting five of ten from the field and four of eight from three and having 14 points and Victor Oladipo 
having 14 points as well. As I said, this game was literally dominated by the Celtics from start to finish. There's really much not to be said on this game because the Celtics were really shooting the lights out in the first half. I think from the three, from three, I think the Celtics shot, let me bring it up as it's loading. The Celtics shot 12 of 19 from three, 63%, and shot 58% from the field as a whole compared to Miami's 31% from three. As I said, the Celtics were sort of getting whatever they wanted inside and and they were hitting their outside shots as opposed to what happened in game one. And I forgot to mention in game one as well, Jalen Brown struggled mightily in that in through the first three quarters and then kind of got on a hot streak from the three and mid range late in the fourth quarter. As I the Celtics could easily be up. Well, I mean, I'm going to talk about game three tomorrow, game three and four tomorrow after tonight's game four. But the Celtics could easily be up 3-0 in this series. They've played they played well in the first half of game one and then played well in the in all of game two. But I think missing Marcus Smart and Al Horford in, in the first game really played a huge role into how Miami dominated them in the third quarter of game one. But I digress. The Celtics, I mean, as this series kind of hasn't been close. As I said, I'll talk about game three and game four tomorrow because game three wasn't even close. The scoreline may make it seem close, but it actually wasn't if you watch the game. And... But moving on to the other side of the bracket, which is Golden State and Dallas in the Western Conference Finals. In game one, Stephen, oh my God. In game one, the Warriors won 112 to 87. And this was a game in which Stephen Curry had, my gosh. Stephen Curry had 21 points, shooting 7 of 16 from the field and 3 of 9 from 3. And he had 12 rebounds and 4 assists. And Andrew Wiggins shot 8 of 17 from the field and 3 of 8 from 3 and had 19 points and added 19 points. And Jordan Poole added 19 points on 8 of 12 shooting from the field. And overall, this was just a dominant performance by the Warriors from start to finish. They also had, they also dominated on the, the boards as well. Dominated on the boards as well. Out rebounding the, the Mavericks 51 to 35. As for the Mavericks, Luka Doncic probably had his worst game of the postseason, shooting six of 18 from the field and three of 10 from three, as he had 20 points and seven rebounds. And the next best score for the Mavericks was Spencer Dinwiddie shooting five of 11 from the field and three of seven from three and adding 17 points. This was literally just a dominant performance by the Warriors from start to finish. They made it very tough on Luka Doncic to get his shots. And as I said in the last series versus the Suns with the Mavericks, if they if they don't hit their shots, whether it be threes or getting to the paint or getting to the free throw line, they're not going to win this series versus the Warriors because the Warriors are arguably one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. 
as for the three-point shooting battle, the Mavericks shot 11 of 48 from three, shooting 22% from three, while the Warriors... Well, the Warriors shot 10 of 29 from three at 34%. I mean, both teams didn't shot sort of under 30, 35%. But, I mean, the Warriors shot 56% from the field, while the Mavericks shot 36% from the field. So that was the difference, as well as the rebounding battle. Getting out re- If you get out-rebounded by more than 10 rebounds in a game, you're probably going to lose that game. And, as I said, this game one was not close at all. As for game two, the Warriors, the Warriors won game two, 126 to 117. As they came back from down, I think the the biggest lead was 20. The biggest lead was 19. Yeah, the biggest lead was 19 uh, in terms of the box score. Let me bring it up. As for the Warriors, Stephen Curry shot 11 of 21 and 6 of 10 from three and had 32 points and eight rebounds to go along with five assists. Kevon Looney in this game, which was the biggest big story out of everyone, had 21 points and 12 rebounds, shooting 10 of 14 from the field. Wiggins had a sort of solid game, having adding 16 points and five rebounds and five assists. He didn't shoot the ball well, but he shot three of five from three. And let me see. Jordan Poole had 23 points, shooting seven of 10 from the field and two of four from three. And as for the Mavericks, let me see. Luka Doncic had 42 points, eight assists. Eight assists and five rebounds, shooting 12 of 23 from the field and five of 10 from three. Jalen Brunson had 31 points, shooting 11 of 19 from the field and five of seven from three and added seven rebounds and five assists. And as for this game, the Mavericks led all through the first and second quarter, but they got away in the third quarter from doing what they did because doing what they did in the first half because the Warriors went into a zone and it kind of confused them as they weren't even as they weren't hitting any of their shots in the third quarter the Mavericks I think shot five of 19 and only made two of 13 from three while the Warriors I think let me bring up the the shooting chart the Warriors I think shot like 13 of 17 or something like that in the third quarter in the third quarter, oh, wow. No, I was actually wrong. The Mavs shot 5 of 19 and 2 of 13 from 3. And the Warriors shot 10 of 22 from 3, which is still a big difference. And then in the fourth quarter, the Mavericks shot 9 of 15 from the field. 9 of 15 from the field and 4 of 5 from 3. While the Warriors shot 15 of 19 from the field and shot 5 of 7 from 3. And as I said, all that the as I said, the Warriors going into a zone in the third quarter made all of the difference. Made all of the difference in this game as the Mavericks can hit any of their shots and they were sort of they couldn't get find their offense that they had in the first half because of the zone the Warriors played. And as I said, the Mavericks not hitting 
as I said, the Mavericks, if they're not hitting their shots, they sort of have no luck in this series to win unless Luka Doncic just becomes a 50-point-per-game score, which isn't out of the ordinary, but it would still be pretty hard to win. And you're for the Mavericks, you're getting games from Luka Doncic. You got a game from Jalen Brunson in game two. Uh, also, Spencer Dinwiddie has played well this series, but as I said in the Phoenix Sun series, you're going to need guys like Reggie Bullock and Maxi Kleber and sort of Davis Bertans to have to play well and shoot the ball at a very great rate in order to have a shot in this series. Like Maxi Kleber in Game One had. Maxi Kleber in game one had three points. Or no. Yeah. He had three points in game one. In game one. And they did get a game from Reggie Bullock in game two as he had 21 points and shot six of 10 from three. But Maxi Kleber in game two also had three points. So if you're starting, if you're sort of, seventh man off the bench since Spencer Dinwiddie a six man is only at getting giving you three points off the bench not to mention Spencer Dinwiddie in game two also had four points so both of them really struggled from the field in game two if they're not providing you any offense on the floor I mean yes Maxi Kleber is probably providing you some sort of defense but if the Mavs have any shot in this series they're going to need to guard they're going to need Maxi Kleber to sort of be a efficient shooter and shoot the ball well in order to have a chance in this series. As for the Warriors, I mean, we all saw we all saw this kind of coming. Once they got past Memphis, it was a matter of who were they going to play, either Dallas or Phoenix. Uh, I thought Phoenix would obviously get past Dallas and give them a matchup that pretty much all NBA fans wanted to see out of the Western Conference Finals. But since we got this Mavericks matchup, I mean, both games, two of the three games, as I said, I'll talk about game three and four tomorrow. Two of the three games haven't really been close, uh, especially the first two games. And as for the Warriors, I mean, you're getting games from Stephen Curry. You're getting games. You got a game from Kevon Looney, which was very unexpected. And I mean, Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins have all been adding at least 15 points per game, especially Andrew Wiggins having to be the primary defender on Luka Doncic and adding 15 points. I think his value has skyrocketed from what he was back in when he was in Minnesota. And it just goes to show you that Andrew Wiggins being on a championship winning team shows the value he can provide where he doesn't have to be the go-to option and he's surrounded by championship DNA. Uh, as for Stephen Curry, Stephen is just doing what he's been doing for the last, what, eight eight or so, not nine or so years, <laughs> uh, just scoring, shooting the ball well, and diamond, getting assist. The thing with the Warriors is you needed Andrew Wiggins to sort of take over the, the mantle of perimeter defense, Clay, since coming back from two season-ending injuries. He's, I had a feeling he wasn't going to be the same defender that he once was. So with Andrew Wiggins coming into the fold, you needed him to take 
the defensive, the primary perimeter defender role, which he's done at an excellent rate this season and in the postseason. And as I say, there's the the two way player sort of mold is kind of gone away from the NBA, going away from what it once was. Cause I mean, there's so much talent in the NBA that you're not going to have the, the two way player of being a great defender and great offensive player is kind of gone in a sense, because the scoring ability of the stars in this league is so otherworldly that you're not going to have that the best defenders in the league aren't going to shut down when shut down the best scores on the up on the other team. Like it's just going to be, can you neutralize them and sort of as Shaq put it in the pregame of game one, can you limit the other stars on the other team to under their averages? And as Shaq put it, like I, when he said it, in, in, pre, in the pregame of game one, that made sense. Like the point of there isn't the point of there isn't two way players in the league anymore is kind of misunderstood. It's sort of can the two way players defensively, can they just hold their the other stars for the other team under their season averages or postseason averages? And that will be enough as long as you get help from your teammates uh as i said this is both series both games are at least all three games in this instance with game four for the heat and celtics being on today being today monday or yeah monday may 23rd and game four for the warriors being tuesday may 24th tomorrow uh i'm going to do a recap of game threes and fours for both series tomorrow tuesday after the warriors game is over maybe they close out the series and are the western conference finals finals champions are the western conference champions and wait for the winner of boston and miami who knows we'll see but uh this is a short episode as i'll be back tomorrow to recap game three and four for both series this is george hamilton the third and this is episode eight of the 4 Out 1 in podcast, and I am signing off. Thank you.